The AOP is brought to you today by GG Poker, the world's leading online poker room. What makes them the leading player? Well, they have more players than any other site. In fact, GG Poker holds the Guinness World Record for the largest prize pool for an online poker tournament since September 2020. They put fun at the heart of it in every game and have unique features that you can't find on any other site. They offer games for all skill levels, whether you're new to poker or a seasoned pro with popular games like Texas Hold'em and Omaha to unique games like All In or Fold and Spin and Gold. So what's in it for you? New players that make a £10 deposit get £60 in free play. That is a £10 deposit to get £60 in free play. So go visit ggpoker.co.uk. New UK players only. Minimum deposit £10. Full T&Cs apply. BeGambleAware.org. Please play responsibly. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Get right to the romance and find the way to wow this Valentine's with 1-800-Flowers.com. From classic roses and bouquets to decadent chocolate-covered berries, gourmet treats, and more. Surprise your Valentine with 1-800-Flowers.com. Right now, get the 18-stem Enchanted Rose Medley for $39.99 or upgrade to 24 red roses for $10 more. Go to 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. Mirror man, mirror man, you twist and turn my mind until I don't know who I am. Mirror man. Good morning and welcome to a new edition of the Arsenal Opinion Podcast. It's a transfer special and I'm here with fellow transfer addict Johnny. Johnny, welcome to the show. Hello, hello there, Pete. Um, yeah, you know... Addicted like the, like everyone else to any transfer rumour, just in, inject it straight into my veins right now. Well, some of them anyway. Some of them take it straight out of my veins and please tell me it's not true. But uh, I, feel sure like a lot, can... I feel like quite a few of them over the last week have been take it out, take it out of that syringe, <laughs> please, sir. I will not be, I will not be dabbling in this sort of drug, my friends. Yeah, we're ready to bloodlet some of those ones for sure. Get it right out. Um, a bit of an exorcism, hopefully, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, it's going to feel good to talk about anyway, cathartic at the very least. Yeah, and um, I, I think that, I think that we should just talk about the talk about something new. That sound in the background, it's not it's not sponsorship, but it's kind yeah. of like sponsorship. And maybe we're opening the door for a little bit of sponsorship at some point. Johnny, tell us tell us what you've got in the background of this video that nobody can see. Um, well, I just cracked a because uh, we. We haven't got enough funding for sound effects, like sound effects board. So every sound you hear is real. It's true life. 
Um, and I just cracked a little Camden Hells double strength lager, which is a commemorative uh, lager to commemorate the 50 years since we won our first double. Um, and these beers are pretty beefy, actually. 7.1, that'll get you attention, wouldn't it? A 7.1 Pilsner. Oh, my, uh, my late 30s self um, is, is shuddering at the thought. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, it will just mean that I've just had my first sip, so you might actually get some sense out of me at this moment in time, and then by the end of the pod, it's going to be a wash. Uh, just chatting absolute bungle. Some people say I always do anyway, but there you go. Um, you know what way- I like about Camden Hells, though? Uh, when I lived in London, that's what I would drink in a bar. So I think promoting a, promoting a Camden Hells is, is a good thing because it's authentic. I agree. I do agree. I've actually started really liking them, even though I basically started getting given them for doing another, for the Arsenal Nation pod. But at the end of the day, by the end, I was a bit of a convert. Oh, and we have been told to say that if you do want to buy these commemorative beers, which are very nice, uh, there are 10 chances to win an away shirt, a new away Arsenal shirt, which has been signed by Arsenal legend Charlie George. That's lovely. That's lovely. I wish I, we can't really get Camden out here, but uh, maybe maybe that's one for their distribution team. Um, talking of, uh, that's, that's not a segue. I was going to try and say talking of. A, <laughs> we're not talking about distributors today. Um, the the Arsenal transfer world has uh, has been set on fire this week. We've got a whole bunch of new rumours to go through. Some old rumours that just won't shift. So um, let's just jump right in because we're going to start with a. Ugh, sort of transfer rumour that I wouldn't put in my syringe. And that's Arsenal being linked with £35 million. Aaron Ramsdale, the 23-year-old uh, capped uh, England player, um, is he went down with he went down with Brighton, then he went down with Sheffield United. I'm gonna I'm gonna hand it over to you to to find out what are your thoughts on Arsenal spending that much money on a player like that. Uh, yeah, no, just a, he, he did, he went down with Bournemouth, obviously. Bournemouth, and, sorry. And then, um, you know, went to Sheffield United. And yeah, it's, it's double bubble, isn't it? Double bubble, double relegation. For me, I'm, I'm, I'm really not a fan of this at all. Um, the thing is, is someone must see something when players like this pop up. Someone must go, oh, you know, we're looking at some, underlying metric or we're speaking to some people in the spirit world who have an inside track you know like because I just don't get it like the fact is is there are it's not that he's even been playing for poor teams because there are some really good keepers who've been at poor teams and looked good um and obviously got on to get even moves to other clubs or should do even I thought Ariola at Fulham looked very good this year um, all things considering, you know, even though he was getting a lot of work. But Ramsdale, for me, whenever I've seen him, he's just never impressed me. And, you know, there might be some people out there who, like, I'll give him a chance. Or, again, they've, they've watched way more of his games. Because, hold my hands up, I've only seen the times we play um, Bournemouth or Sheffield United and insert a few other games that I will throughout the year. But... You know, he's not a player I haven't been exposed to by any stretch. And whenever I've seen him, I've never been impressed with him as a keeper. Um, not to say I think he's like a disaster, but I just, there's, there's never been a thought of mine of going, Oh, we should inquire. It's, it's, it doesn't look like a good move to me. And unless we, I mean, we had Matt Ryan on loan last year. Does anyone, like, I obviously 
different age profiles and stuff. But in terms of just ability right now, does anyone look at Ramsdale and think he's a better keeper than Matt Ryan? I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. I'd, I, I mean, you know, it's just standard keeper. So if there's any kind of considerable fee, then I don't think we should be anywhere near it. Yeah, I I agree. And uh, like, I was a goalkeeper, so I feel like I've got authority over this particular subject. But I, I looking at the, I always, you know, looking at the highlight rule of his saves that he made this season, there's this really sort of um, odd way that they've cut a number of the videos. And it would be Aaron Ramsdale making a great save, but pushing it into the path for non-coming striker and then they cut. And you're like, did, did they score with the rebound? But he doesn't, he doesn't look like he's a big catcher. Um, he's Sheffield, Sheffield United went from what, like top, Top, top half of the table to, to relegated with uh, him in the side. And I think there's like a collection of English goalkeepers that are just all right. And I, I, you know, Bern Leno is a good goalkeeper. You know, Bern Leno has, you know, quite often looked like our player of the season over the last um, three seasons. I would rather Arsenal just try and work out what's bothering Bern Leno, get him a better goalkeeping coach uh, for starters that that might be um, that might be a sharp move, and see if we can get him to sign on to a to another contract. If not, like Aaron Ramsdale is that sort of player where it's like I would almost rather see what they've got in the reserves. We've got the 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 big tall guy in in the reserves who's part of the three this season. I think Matt Ryan um, Matt Ryan almost inspired Burt Leno to be quicker with his distribution last season, like really quick off the mark, pretty good with his feet. Um, seemed fairly solid, but uh, I just can't believe that in the, 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 there's 35 million to spend on a keeper to start with. That's absolute insanity in this market, especially when you've got players that we've been um, looking at, like the the IX goalkeeper. You've got yeah. um, you've, you've got the Lille goalkeeper who's rumored to be going to Milan for 15 million. I think there's smarter business to be done, and if if it is a homegrown thing, there's there's got to be a smarter homegrown player that you can buy for thirty-five million pounds, surely. Definitely, definitely, and um, you know, I, I uh, very much agree with with, the, with your sentiment there. I've said long into the night that I think that we've made fundamentally the wrong decision when it came to the Martinez Leno switch. I think anyone who's being fair can see that, and it's just patently clear Martinez looks better. That never meant for me that I thought Leno was a bad keeper, because I don't. I think he's a good keeper. I think he's just limited um, in certain areas, and I also think he's nowhere near dominant enough when claiming things, something that claiming like crosses and rushing out, I think that Martinez was a step up. But again, that doesn't mean that I don't think Leno could get us into a top four side. I would go as far as to say, similarly to you, I actually think it would be a step down in quality if we got Ramsdale. I don't think that he's someone who's made me, you know, he's never looked, despite playing in a poor side, like he was someone who should be, you know, racing up, you know, the, the league, playing for different clubs, higher up, competing for things. He just, he looked like he <laughs> deserved to be where he was, quite frankly. Um, so it's a really interesting one when it comes to the keepers. You know, in, in terms of like... Uh, one of the issues we have at uh, goalkeeping with regards to the goalkeeping situation is we've got this stick of dynamite that is Runnison that is just sitting there scaring everyone because you're kind of like the we've had flashes of him and I think that people genuinely started to think you know we don't know how bad it could get if this guy started to get a string of games together. There's no way he's someone who could step in despite the fact we've spent 
money on him in recent times. And I think that, um, you know, when Matt Ryan did deputise last season, he looked solid, if not spectacular. So... For me, again, I don't know. I, I don't know if it is the homegrown thing, but I don't know if we should be hounding after the homegrown thing with a keeper, or whether we just go for someone who is, you know, decent at Premier League level. You know, doesn't even need to be the best keeper in the league, but a decent player who's going to be in and around Leno's ability, who is very good on the ball, good with his distribution, and like you say, if Aaron, I don't even think Aaron Ramsdale is that guy, but. Certainly, it should not constitute a large investment of transfer funds when we've got so many other pressing issues. Granted, obviously, if Leno left, that might change. But if Leno left, uh, did leave the club, as I just stated, Ramsdale would be a significant step down for me anyway. And why would we, why would we accept that at this stage? We've got to be going for better quality there. Yeah, yeah, I agree, and and it's weird because for a goalkeeper. Uh, at a relegation level club, you you do need them to look good. Richard Wright was a prime example of this. Looked fantastic at Ipswich, getting fifty shots at him every single game. But the the thing that you can't judge with those goalkeepers that look good at shit clubs is when you go into a side and you've got to deal with one shot in yeah. a game. It's like, do you have the concentration levels? So it's like you're not looking good in a relegation fodder side. That's alarm bell number one. Alarm bell number two is. Where are you? Where are you accruing the data that suggests that you could be good in a team where you're probably going to have to deal with a lot less shots? Um, and then when you start looking at the money, it's like, wow, this is this is just pure in, pure insanity. This is like uh, the Willian of goalkeeping deals. So <laughs> I, I hope that I hope that we um, move on from that because, like, really, what what are we looking for in a goalkeeper? Um, what we missed with Emi Martinez was he's fantastic with his feet. Amazing passing, uh, super calm on the ball, and that calmed the entire defence. So you've got to find a good ball-playing um, goalkeeper. And I don't think Sheffield United were known for passing it around the back. Um, then you've got to look um, at, like, is he really tall? Um, because Emi Martinez, he's not, not just his height, but his frame allowed him to dominate that box. And then, you know, like, I feel almost like the third part is, you know, what is just standard of all goalkeepers. You've got to be a good shot stopper at this level. And I'm, I'm not sure that Aaron Ramsey's, uh, Aaron Ramsdale, I wish it was Aaron Ramsey, um, <laughs> is checking any of those boxes. So, uh, that's a, that's a, that's a big no for me, but it also sounds, it also could very much be, they're trying to raise his profile to get a transfer. And I think that not everybody that we're linked to um, is the link isn't necessarily coming from uh, someone at Arsenal talking to Dave Ornstein. It could be an agent. It could be Sheffield United trying to whip up a bit of interest in their players because nobody's bid for Sander Berge um, or Ramsdale yet. So we'll see how this plays out. But I think it feels like a bit of a bullshit transfer rumour to me. Yeah, I mean, from what I'd heard of the rumour, it is... um... You know, it seems to, it's not just like uh, complete conjecture. Like obviously, it is in terms of what you might hear, but the the background of the rumor seems to be more substantial. Like they're not just saying I've heard on the grapevine. It's like they have actually made contact. Like you know, it's not they're not just hypothesizing in terms of their their um their inside scoop. They genuinely are reporting that there has been contact between the clubs, and it's not. You know, a mate of mine heard Arteta likes Ramsdale. It's it's yeah, it's meant to be legit, but I don't know. As you say, I we'll we'll wait and see. But for me, it just 
it either smells fishy or rings alarm bells because he, you know, if that's the kind of money, he's not good enough to be our number one, as we've just waxed lyrical on. And two, if he's, um, you know, granted, if he's the back, backup keeper, that it's harder to say no. But how are we spending that amount of money on someone who's going to come in and play backup keeper when we've got so many other positions to address? Yeah, and also... Where did the recommendation come from? Because if it, if it came from that goalkeeping coach that said, "Oh, I know this guy <laughs> called Runison who would be really good for us to spend a million on," uh, then that that is also um, a, a bit of a concern. All right, um, let's let's move on to the next rumor because uh, we've been going backwards and forwards on left backs. There's the experienced left backs where we've been linked with uh, players like. Uh, Bertrand, Ryan Bertrand of um, of Southampton, uh, Van Arnholt of Crystal Palace, who's on a free transfer. Um, but it seems like we're moving full steam ahead on a uh, on a Benfica left back uh, who's young. His name is Nuno uh, Tavares. Um, probably absolutely butchered that name. Tavares, uh, I reckon. Tavares, yeah. like that. Uh, he's most famous for uh, French kissing a dog. Uh, we've got to talk about that first because I find that absolutely repulsive. I don't, I can't get beyond that image of him kissing a dog on a sofa. Um, but outside that, from an athletic perspective, he looks like the sort of player that is, is interesting. Had a lot of mat, four man of the match awards last season. Uh, young, athletic, can play across the back. What do you think about this? Um, well, first of all, the, the dog kissing one, I, I don't know about, okay, but I can speak. Don't Google it. Yeah, I mean, I don't need to see that, to be no. fair. Um, but in general, just uh, to come away from Arsenal for a second and just talk in general about people who kiss dogs. Yeah. Um, I think, you you know, I've got to, I've just got to call them out here and say, you've got to get it together, guys. It's absolutely disgusting. Do you, the, the things that a dog is willing to lick and you're there just like, oh, it's not because he loves you. He don't care, okay? You've probably got some jam still on your cheek or something. The fact is he's been licking his balls a minute ago. Rank, please stop it. Just, you know, and that goes to you, Nuno Tavares, as well. Especially yeah. if you want to come to Arsenal. Now, um, I'm just, I've got his little stat profile up here as well. And, uh, you know, it, so he's not played a huge amount of games. He's obviously broken into the Benfica team in the last two years. And from what I can see, we're talking 11 games in year one, 14 in year two. Um, and he, he, and I'll, obviously in the first year, he hit four assists and one goal as well. So from the, um, highlights, I saw some of those assists and, it does. It it does look like quite. A, again, we keep talking about, it, don't we? An exciting player profile. Like he fits the bill visually, what athletically, what he can do. Um, seems very fast. Seems very brave. Most of the uh, highlights, again, obviously they are highlights, but seem to come from really positive moves in the game. He didn't. You know, he's not kind of just trying to jog through the game or whipping balls from deep. He looks to be trying to beat people, looks very comfortable on the ball. And what, you, what you'd what you want, so funny that we say it, obviously, um, when we talked so long last week about the fact that whether or not we should even be trying to replace some players like for like when they've essentially failed. We're like, you know, why would we get try and get a new younger Xhaka, for instance, when I'm not sure that that whole experiment worked in the long run? Well... Tavares, 
um, I think that is reminiscent in terms of his capabilities as uh, 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 from what you might see with Tierney. He looks to be fast, have aggression, um, to be athletic, to be up and down, and to have good quality. The you know, again, it's a highlight reel. You tend to have <laughs> good, good uh, crossing ability and finishing in a highlight reel. But he does look tidy. And the reason why I brought that other situation up is because Tierney is a guy that we would want a direct replacement for. He is a success story. And if we could um, recruit in his image, that would be a positive thing because he's exactly what, the new version of Arsenal should be wanting to mimic and replicate. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's very positive words. Um, I, there's a at Renato on Twitter, who I believe is based somewhere in Portugal because he's always talking about Portuguese players um, or, you know, from their league. And he says that he's had seven man of the match awards for the senior Benfica team as a 21 year old left back. He's created 74 chances um, he has an uh, expected assists of 12.3, though he only had four assists in 40 games. So he's, he's basically, you know, been very unlucky. That sounds that sounds like the sort of profile that works for me. And you know, the, um, the, the thing that I was a little bit worried about with hiring in an older left back is it's this notion that Kiarantini is going to be fit all season. It's like, yeah. look, he, he probably will be out injured for 15 games next season. And then if you've got an older guy who can't keep up with the pace, then you've got a problem. But if you've got this, um, you've got, you've got a young player that's 21, that's eager, that's hunger to, you know, to make his mark, then you start to get more competition. I think it it just feels like there's, um, it's a bit more of an ambitious approach to back up left back. Why not have two quality players that both have a lot of potential that can both grow with the team. And it's, it's nice that Arsenal are uh, upgrading uh, in that position in this way. So I'm, I'm quite excited by the move. I definitely don't agree with um, kissing dogs, even though it, it does feel like reading under the comments, a lot of people are dog kissers, but oh, that's, that's, guys, that's not for on. me. Why, you know, if you are a dog kisser, don't, don't put it on the internet. I just wouldn't, I wouldn't let someone film me doing that. That wouldn't be, that wouldn't be my vibe, and it does make you question. You know, if you're if you're that sort of person that puts those sorts of videos online, what else? What else is there? Because it doesn't oh, seem yeah. like the sharpest. But no, it's it's dreadful. You know, you you you'd have to question there. Is that part of the scouting process? Yeah, it's it, yeah. No, it is to be honest. But um, you know, he's young anyway. Maybe he can grow out of that terrible, terrible habit uh, and behaviour. But um, it's 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 funny, isn't it? When we, when we talk about Tavares, and it does seem like we're very much in agreement on everything outside of the dog kissing, is seems to be positive about this uh, potential player coming in. Um, and even when you were talking about how at 21, he's someone who's expected to get lots of assists or has got lots of assists and and puts in those man-of-the-match performances because you can't fake man-of-the-match performances. like That means you've been involved. And for a left-back to be getting man-of-the-match performances that much, well, I'd say we haven't really seen it recently outside of Kieran Tierney, who is exactly, you know, the guy we're trying to get him into. You know, the last some of the times towards the end of the season last year where Tierney was out and you were like, Hold up, we can't play properly when he's not in. And you're like, he's a left back. What is going on here? It's it's weird that a player in what you would Im- you know formally imagine is such a fringe position in terms of the makeup of the team 
ended up becoming our at times most important player and like the soul spirit of our whole team. Um, and I think that we certainly should be looking to replicate those things. And the other thing is when we talked about last week in terms of players we might get in and how certain player profiles can actually give you new options new options of how to set up as a team, new options as uh, with regards to obviously um rotation in you know for different different particular games but we have obviously seen Tierney play as part of a back on the left of a back three before and one of the things that becomes so important at that point is your left wing back and to have someone who could it, when playing either a 3-5-2 5-3-2 whatever way you want to uh, look at it that left back needs to have the kind of quality where they could basically be a winger, but also have that defensive capability so that they're not just completely forgetting, you know, their role all the time. And at times we were even thinking about that set up and putting Saka out on one of those wings, but it's such a waste um to use Saka in that position, I I feel, even though he, he plays but he plays wicked anywhere he plays for us. So I do think that adding someone like this um, could change again our possibilities. It gives us new, new possibilities when setting up against teams. Yeah, and I think a, a really important part of the summer is ensuring that if we've got a player with special powers, that we don't become dependent on those special powers. And even if, um, even if this guy is only seventy percent of the player Kieran Tierney is, he's probably a hundred percent better than uh, Granit Xhaka. Uh, left back yeah, yeah. and I, I'm I'm guessing that next season for Saka is going to be a more consistent position in the side and although I, I actually think that we should have played Saka at left back and just sacrificed it because he's so devastating coming in um, from that side you'd rather not do that next season and if we're stocking up with young players mobile energetic um, you know what's the one thing that we've learned about signing old players they don't give a fuck <laughs> they don't give a fuck. So let's move away and start stocking up. But it's also also a good idea to create a succession plan. Maybe in a season's time, somebody comes in with a £90 million bid for Kieran Tierney. You never know. So um, I think uh, I think it's exciting and it feels like we're doing things. That certain thing, it feels like, um, you know, good scouting, uh, picking someone up before they bang for a price that just feels uh, normal for once. Because it feels like everybody we're being linked to, it's just these mega money deals. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's move on to uh, to, to the next player. Um, let, no, let's talk about a player going out. Let's mix it up. Oh. Uh, let, let's talk about the most bizarre rumour of the summer. Aston Villa back in for <laughs> Emil Smith-Rowe. Who do they think they are? What is this? Who, 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 are, who, who are they? What are they? Aston Villa bidding for an Arsenal boy, Emil Smith-Rowe. What's what's the take here? What are we thinking here? It's 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 it is ultimate provocation. <laughs> I mean, Aston Villa are trying to take our lunch money. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to say we're a big boy. Um, we've got top players at the club, namely Grealish and the goalkeeper we had off you, and we are not. When you know, Arsenal have been linked only realistically in Arsenal circles to Jack Grealish, their best player. <laughs> um, and they're like, why would he go to you guys when you're like a, a position or two above us? And so they're trying to, you know, get their get their tackle out and say, let's have a, a measuring match. And it's, it's really humbling 
to be honest. Even though it's annoying, it's humbling when you've got teams like Aston Villa trying to... They shouldn't even be able to swing at us. They should have no right. We're Arsenal. Who the fuck are these guys? Get get back to your Dion Dublins, you know, greatest eras, your, your Alan Wrights. I'm not interested. That, that, it, we're, we're, we're big boys, and yet we're getting stepped to in the transfer market because it's the nature of... Like, they must know that they're taking the piss, right? When they're, when, when they're trying to sign a Milsom with Rowe, because they must know that he's one of our best players. And if you thought about it from a purely asset point of view, he's got to be a top three player for us in terms of, you know, lack of injury record, um, age, talent, uh, experience now. And I, I don't mean he's got, you know, countless, boundless ends of experience, but he's played at the Premier League. He, he's going to start next year knowing he do it. How in the world, would a team like that think that they could try and get this guy? It must be a, you know, it must be a bully move or an attempted bully move. And the only way I could probably describe it is when Liverpool were not as good as us and yet we stepped to them for Luis Suarez and put 40 and 1 on the table. And they still. 40 and 1. <laughs> 40 and 1. And they still felt that they were bigger than us at the time. And we were just, you know, that was a slap in the face, that move, that transfer move. Uh, even though in later years we went on to find they should have had to have accepted it, actually, but whatever. And um, it, it feels like surely they must know that and they must be doing it to throw their weight around with the great old Arsenal. And we need to get out of this uh stage or whatever like phase that we're in where a shit little club like Aston Villa have have the audacity to step to us like they could nick one of our best players on the cheap it's disgraceful so i think it's a little bit if you if you go to a national park in america they're like don't don't feed the animals because you feed one of them they gossip to all their friends and the next thing you know there's a bear outside your tent wanting to <laughs> share the food and i i think the last season we we fed them one of our best players and i don't care what anyone says emmy martinez was a arsenal superstar and we all knew it last season and we sold him and he's been a top 3 player for villa this season um but i i also think that there's um there's there's a little bit in it for smith rowe because I'm, I'm sure the, their team is saying 60 grand a week. Aston Villa are coming to us with 110. So he's getting a little bit. And I think Aston Villa, um, they've got a billionaire that runs their club who's got an ego, right? He wants to be seen as part of uh, the elite and he doesn't like it. The Manchester City are going to offer 100 million for Jack Relish. So he's trying to counterbalance the, the news cycles. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're, we're bullying Arsenal for Smith Rowe. So I think Villa get good PR because they sort of set the tone that they've got big ambitions and Smith Rowe gets a few extra grand on his deal. But, but the thing, the thing for me with Smith Rowe and the reason I'm not overly concerned is nobody, nobody bangs his, bangs their chest like I'm Arsenal, quite like him. You know that he's his identity in London with his friends, with his family, the yeah. way that he wants to be portrayed is an Arsenal player because he loves Ian Wright. He loves Dennis Burkamp. He loves Thierry Henry. He wants to be a great. He wants to play in that Arsenal stadium with 60,000 fans singing his name. So the way that he talks about the club, 
the way that he talks about his teammates, the way that uh, the way that he talks about Arteta, like he's some sort of weird visionary. It's not. It's not a guy who's going to say, Do "You know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go and play. I'm going to go and play with John Terry." I just don't. I just don't believe it. It's not. It's almost like, uh, you know, if they if they were, if it was Chelsea hustling us, then I'd be a little bit more worried. But I feel like maybe the club that they selected for the PR, it's like it's unbelievable enough, but but to to not upset anybody, but believable enough to get a little bit of extra money. It's almost like they they the his agents chose their battle wisely. But so when when you say PR, do you think that they have not? Come in with a bid up to now. Do do you not believe that they have bid at all? I think the um, I think the Smith Rose agents have said we'd be interested. Uh, drop some bids, and I. But I don't think the intention is for him to leave. I think yeah. they're just. I think they're. I think they're flirting and they're trying to test Arsenal's resolve. Like at 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 worst, maybe. Um, Maybe the Aston Villa think Arsenal want James Madison and know that they don't have the money, and maybe they're testing that theory. But I, I think it's I think it's an agent play. I think that it's fluttering your eyelids. I think it's basically what happens to a lot of players when Arsenal get interested and then they end up getting a bigger deal. Do you remember Brendan Rodgers fluttered his eyelids at yeah. Arsenal and then got a big fat contract off the back of it? I think it's one of those things, and I I, I just don't believe that Bukayo Saka, who's obviously ahead in the pecking order in England stays and Smith Rowe goes. Cause it also, what the, what can Villa offer? Can't offer him minutes. We give him all the minutes. We give him too many minutes right now. Right. So I don't even, I don't even see why he would go. It's not like, Oh, let, let's be very clear. I, I don't think there's any legs to where this story goes. I definitely don't think we'd allow him to go. I mean, look, let's be honest. I, some people will be mad at this, but I don't think they necessarily should be. I do think he has a price. Um, I think he's a, a sensational player, and without a shadow of a doubt, he is, um, you know, a, a building block of en- any future we have at the moment. What, what what we think it looks like. But if there if there became a, a, a transfer fee submitted that felt really like standout ish, then. I think that we would have to look at it if it meant that we were going to directly, you know, because whilst I think Smith Rowe is absolutely sick, massive fan of the guy, there's still a chance he won't grow into the guy we think that he will be. See, for me, like Saka is much more of a guaranteed bet now with like he he's showing things and I really like Smith Rowe and I love his energy and I love the attitude that he uh uh, plays his games with, and I do think I'm very optimistic for him. But I think there are there there is something in there that is not fully proven yet, um, and I definitely think that he is going to have to find a way to score a lot more goals. Like you know, and that that would be one of the issues because he's a very good player. But we're assuming that the goals and the assists will come more readily as we go on, and he will have to show that. And if they, you know, let's say they said six sixty million pound, I think we'd be silly if we didn't seriously entertain that because if we could get um uh, don't get me wrong I, I i definitely don't think i don't want to sell him and i don't think we should have to because if the cronkies you know are to be believed they're chucking money at the club or whatever but hypothetically if it meant that we for me the only way i would realistically sell him is if we said how much do you want for Grealish, and we'll give you smith row and some cash 
and there and, and that's only if Emil wanted to go as well. But ultimately, I just think that it's more of a play from Villa to uh, kind of buff up their own stance amongst their own players as much as anything else. So they'll be saying to Jack Grealish, "Look, mate, we're trying to supply you with. We don't want you to go because they want an extra season out of him. We're going to try and get. Look at us, bullying Arsenal. We're going to try and get some of their guys." So he would never think about either going there or and or possibly to a bigger team up, like higher up the uh, league. And so therefore, it does seem like posturing. It certainly doesn't seem like a realistic bit. It's, it, it seems like an Arsenal bid to Arsenal from yeah. Aston Villa. I tell you what, though, it's it's smart, though, because it's it's pissing me off. Yeah. You know, like when someone sends you a tweet, you're like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm above that. <laughs> And I'm, I'm absolutely not above that. I will go. I will go down, and I will fight you. I don't care if you've got two followers. You say something like that to me, and I feel like it. This is a. This is a little bit like that. Um, it, it, the 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 thing that I am starting to get a little bit worried about, and it's it's across the market. Not much has moved anywhere. Yeah, Play, players are back in preseason next week. Um, we don't have a single signing. I mean, we've let we've let a few players sort of creep out the door um but not a lot going on across the market so when's it going to pick up for everybody i mean I, I'm, the only thing the only reason that i can think that it's like that is because of the euros but even then it's like can you not i mean they must be trying right they're not just sitting there doing nothing just uh just a little bit frustrating um, a lot of the guys we're talking about some of the biggest signings that we have been linked to and ones that we would be excited by they're not at the euros Ben White, Ben White ain't there, mate. He's getting ready for Love Island right now. That's all he's doing. You know, we need to we need to scoop that up if that's what we're doing. Um, James Madison not at the Euros. He might be watching it at home on his widescreen. Make some calls. Um, and obviously, you know, this Nuno Tavares isn't there. The uh, Laconga isn't there. So, you know, let's be clear. Broadly speaking. I am getting a bit concerned in general with our... It's, it's been great talking about rumours and will continue to do so, but we are going to need to start seeing some bums on seats really soon, I think, um, especially when we think about even the mere idea of paying over the odds or even trying to get these guys into a prem ready to get the most out of their that bang for the buck of being ready to roll day one, you know, top intensity. We need them in sooner rather than we can't be having these guys squeezing through the door at the end like Indiana Jones. It's got to, it's got to be in, settled, ready to roll. I'd say what though, I am, you know, I'm one for propaganda that supports my own, uh, my own excitement around a player. And I am excited about Ben White. And I liked that uh, Saka was asked about him. I, I asked which player impressed him the most. And he said, uh, earlier I said I was impressed most by Ben White. I haven't seen him a lot this season, but coming here and training with him, I've been impressed. Uh, Foden of Manchester yep. City said a similar thing. I haven't really seen a lot of Ben, but he's come in and I thought he's been brilliant in training. So I would say Ben White. Apparently, Sergio Ramos saw Ben White when he was at Newport and said, who is this guy? He told the Leeds director that he should be signing him. So he's got a lot of, uh, he's getting a lot of praise. I think like getting, getting praise from players that train with you is always a good sign. And, uh, Ben White then returned the favour and said, Saka, he can do it with his left and his right. So it, it feel, feels like uh, the industry rates Ben White uh, and, and the potential of what he can offer Arsenal. One of the theories that has been bouncing around is that Arsenal were going to sign him and play him at right back. 
I don't, I don't know what you think about that, but that's, that doesn't feel like a £50 million signing for Arsenal, at least. What's, what's your take on this after watching some YouTubes of Ben? Yeah, um, I've seen several YouTube videos. I'm an expert on all things Ben White now. No one can say anything to me. Um, but no, that that would that would be a bit ridiculous if it was a right back, especially when we haven't actually seen seemingly settled on a centre back pairing and solution that any one of us would feel confident about going into next year. I mean, um, you know, we we talked long and hard about the Saliba Ben White situation last week and whether one coming in would have the, a detrimental effect on the other. But ultimately, what you were saying about um, those quotes from Saka and Foden, I'm, I'm actually with you on this. Like, you know, to be clear, you know, based on even last week's conversation, I'm not anti-Ben White by any stretch. I, I, quite, I, I have been quite impressed by what I've seen in terms of um, some of his, uh, potential, his, his ability. But the... Um, for me, fifty million pound worries me because one, I felt that it's a bad sign when I'm also hearing that whether it be true or not, Saliba seemingly getting pushed out the door, and I am a big fan of his as well. But also, it feels like we're paying over the odds. We, I, I felt like it was that we were paying over the odds for a player, and one where we might we might not be getting it right there. However. Again, I felt he, I thought he was a good prospect in the first place. When you've got someone like Saka saying I've trained with him, Foden trained with him, and Sergio Ramos, this is the kind of stuff that tips someone like me over the edge of, oh, okay, he might be really decent because they've got a better insight than I have from watching some YouTubes and uh, and the Arsenal games against Brighton last year, and you know a few of his Leeds games. At the end of the day, I've only got a kind of surface level view on him outside of looking at some internet stats. And I don't think you can always get a true gist of the player. But the more you start hearing those kind of character assessments and those industry um, supporting assessments through um, fellow players, it does support the case that there must be something there. And it gets me on side, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I was also doing a little bit of a deep dive on his Player of the Season award at Brighton, and there's a there's a weird thread that apparently there's a conspiracy theory going around that Leeds fans voted Ben White Player of the Season because Brighton fans are like, <laughs> how, how did this happen? But what, one of the, one of the things that I liked when when in this conspiracy vote rigging blog is that they said Ben White has not put a foot wrong all season. And to read that from a Brighton fan who has seen his side slip to 16th in the table, that's exactly what we want. And, yeah. you know, everybody's talking that Ben White needs to be spectacular for 50 million. I would say the opposite. Just needs to not make the errors and he needs to be able to move the ball uh, through the lines and give us the thing. Give us everything David, David Luiz gave us at his best and get rid of those errors. Because if you start, you know, we've chopped out Granite Xhaka. That's a whole bunch of errors each season. You yeah. chop out David Luiz, that's another bunch of red cards, penalties, and just yeah. switching off and not showing up. You start to move the mentality of the club forward. So, um, you know, it's, it's always a big risk, but 23 years old, it could be a centre-back for Arsenal for the next uh, for the next 10 years. I remember people saying that Rio Ferdinand was a waste of money. Yeah, <laughs> remember yeah. that? So we'll, we'll see where that goes. Uh, right, f- moving into the final section, uh, just, just some... Um, just some of the little uh, rumours uh, that I wanted to get your take on. 
Mavropanos, uh, Greek international, playing in a really fun, young Stuttgart team, uh, one of the fastest players in the Bundesliga. What, what's the, what are we thinking about Arsenal's ability to get fees for young players? Five million pounds? <laughs> what's that? I'll be honest with you. I've, I read that this week. Um, this is where I'm just starting to lose it now. I, d- I don't know what to make. I, anyone who looks at the way we're doing business, if this stuff all does go through, you know, and thinks that our club is not in disarray behind the scenes, when it comes to any level of business um, acumen, we are just getting mugged. We're getting dry humped by Villa, trying to get Emil Smith-Rovids coming out. And... And then you're getting any play. These are not players. Like the difference is, is when you're meant to be a club like Arsenal, some of the guys that don't make it at Arsenal, it doesn't mean that they're shit. They don't make it Arsenal because we're the nuts. <laughs> That's how we we're meant to look at it. The fact is, is you can leave Arsenal because you're not going to make it and and be twenty million pound player, thirty million pound player. If Joe Willett goes this summer, I don't think we should accept anything under thirty million after the way that he, you know, that's the market and that's the way he ended the season. He was that impressive. Why we keep getting these guys out on like? I mean, also I heard this week about how um, Messer Erzul's contract when he went, we were paying every penny of it up right yeah. to the end. It's just you know, you're just going. Who is making these calls? And that is why you know. And to be clear. It's not specifically about Ben White. As I say, I, I've I've become more um, kind of uh, optimistic about him the more I've watched of him, like extra highlights and hearing his peers talk. But when we're committing huge money to players now who are not, you know, Ronaldo levels of player, obviously not them, but a very good player, I mean, um, I get worried because everything that Arsenal do in the transfer market at the moment seems to be weird. That's why I'm much more comfortable with a Nuno Tavares on the cheap and a Lokonga on the cheap who look like the right profile than 50 million on this geezer. Oh, Aaron Ramsdale, yeah, we'll give you 35 as well. Trying to sign Buendia for quite a tidy sum as well, directly from the championship, not saying he's shit, but you know, the, I, because the fact is if these guys don't hit, we're going to be paying people to get them off our hands in a couple of years, and they'll also be on fat contracts. It it is very very worrying with regards to our tra- past tra- transfer dealings and ability to try to mitigate those losses as best we can. Yeah, I also a part of me wonders whether the 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 fees out thing is because we're shit as well. You know, like. It's, it, Liverpool can sell anybody for thirty million because it's like he's got champion, champion, league, Champions League winning mentality that you're buying into your squad. He's he's got some of that Jurgen Klopp um, mindset. But five five million felt very cheap, and the only reason that I can think that we got away with a fee that poor is that we put in like a thirty percent sell on clause. It's like spend we're going to get you either way. You know, we'll give you this player because you'll develop him, but we want a big chunk of wherever he goes next because it just seemed like he had all of the all of the right things going for him, starting a lot of games fast, winning some young player. He won a Rookie of the Month award mm. and then five, five million pounds. But we'll see how, uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, just wanted to run by uh, Obama Yang out with the boys in Mykonos. 
training with uh, training with their first team to keep fit for a player that we've you know sometimes questioned his commitment over the last season. It's pretty exciting that Aubameyang is going with a you know a, a lowly club to keep up his fitness while he's away. What do you think of that? Um, yeah, I mean to be honest, I hadn't even heard of it until you just told me just before. So um, I'm looking at it now, and I'm and I'm pleased. I'm pleased to see. I mean, the fact is though, you can't look at that and say he's out in Mykonos. It is a bit of a rave up place out there. He's probably got an ulterior motive. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's probably going to be like, oh yeah, I'm just off to my next training camp in Ibiza next week. Yeah, just got to stay <laughs> fit. Yeah. Oh Zanti. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm over there as well. Um, but no, look. After the season he had. Um, just positive signs of engagement from the player, uh, a willingness to try and you know buck his ideas up, if you like. And I don't mean that in a in a sly way, in a nasty way to him, because it does sound like he had some real kind of personal issues to have got through. And I hope he's got through them. But yeah, to 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 look like he is trying to get an early start to his fitness regime, that can only be a positive for Arsenal. Yeah, and uh, I guess the final one, let's just celebrate the boy Saka. I feel like the whole of England finally realised what an incredible talent he is. What do you think about, um, what do you think about that boost for, uh, for the star boy? Well, I said, I tweeted just as the game kicked off. I was like, I cannot wait for the England fans to realise just how good this guy is. And by the end of... The 90 minutes, I got to quote tweet that and go, well, this aged well, actually, <laughs> with with no sense of irony. Because I think that the England fans were able to see what we can see. And it is a player who has a humility, but supreme talent. Um, and he wears it so well. And to be honest, it shouldn't really matter. Because in the same way we talked about the likes of a James Madison, someone who might seem like a bit of a twat off the field, but you get behind him if he's an, if he's one of your players. Like in the same way that some players, some people, other fans hated Jack Wilshire. Well, Saka is the opposite of that anyway. Like I don't really know how you can't like the guy. He just seems so humble, so down to earth, like a genuine, really nice kid. And again, the talent is there for all to see. I think that. He has to start in tomorrow's game, in my opinion, if Southgate knows what he's doing. And the courage that he plays with, he just doesn't fear anyone. He just goes in there and just like, yep, yeah, let's go. I've been smashing people up for years. I'm going to do it again. And as Arsenal fans, it's just wonderful to see one of your players go out there and just rep you like that. You know what I mean? We're getting repped by the best out there. He looked like the best player on the pitch. So um, it was it was fantastic. And I hope he can keep it going. Yeah, I agree. I, he's he's such a he's such a delight and uh, such an incredible professional as well. Straight A student, humble, God fearing, just gets his head down. Everybody gravitates towards him. It seems in the training camp, you know, oh, someone's always got his arm around him. Uh, everybody's always messaging him on the on on the Instagram. It's just that it's nice to have a player that is going to be he's he's going to be so complete in a couple of seasons time it's going to be scary times for um for the opposition and you know he he could be a 100 million pound player for us 100% he he, he's he is our best player i'm going to go that far i don't you know i've looked at party and party is is you know he is the part i think he's great but um saka is our best player and his learning curve 
is so steep that, you know, if there was a um, tinge of doubt as to whether he was our best player, it was will he, he keep progressing at this rate? And just watching him at a major, you know, European uh, international tournament there, and you're looking at him and he does not look out. He not only doesn't look out of place, he looks like the best player on the pitch. He's just smashing people up and it's it's wonderful. And there's no reason why... I do want him to score more goals, but there's no reason why he can't have a, a an even bigger breakout year next year. Um, so, yeah, Saka's just my guy. And he's he's like you said earlier about Smith-Rowe, someone who smacks his chest and knows what it means to be Arsenal. I think he loves the club. And, and we as fans feel that. And that's why we connect with players like that even just that little bit more. Agree. All right, Johnny. Well, I have to go to a meeting with my boss. So we'll, uh, we'll wrap this one out. Thanks for joining. Um, do you want to tell people where they can find you on the old socials? Yes, indeed. I'm at I, Johnny Cochran. Um, yeah, get at me on the socials. We um, also, as a quick one, we're going to be trying to get those visuals out there, aren't we, Pete? We're going to do a live stream next week. Live stream next week, people. Coming to we've you. said it. We've said it now. We've put it out there. Going to so, get um, 16 of you watching us and it's going to be magic. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. I'm going to get my makeup done. Got to be done. Um, but yeah, no, so exciting developments. Uh, do tune in for that one. Awesome. Uh, on that note, uh, you know where to go. Get on that uh, Get on that iTunes. Give us a nice review. Stick a five star down there. And uh, we'll see you next Tuesday. Uh, ciao for now. I'm Will Coleman, founder and CEO of Alto, and I built Alto to put an end to rideshare horror stories. You're used to the total lack of consistency in rideshare. Maybe it's a smelly car or a driver that asks just one too many personal questions. Not anymore. With Alto, you know exactly what to expect every ride. Every Alto driver is a trained Alto employee, and every Alto vehicle is part of our private fleet of luxury SUVs. Say goodbye to rideshare horror stories. Download the Alto app today and use code FOUNDER for $10 off your first ride. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.